Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and this week on the show, joining us back in the monkey house, it's the host of the Do Go On and Book Cheat podcasts. It's the book chook himself, Mr. Dave Warnicky. Hey all, great to be here with you on this fantastic podcast day. Oh, thank you so much. It's so great to have you. We re- very rarely do daytime podcasts. I was just thinking, I was, I, that's why I said fantastic, I was going to say fantastic morning, but I thought that's going to time this too much. But anyway, yeah, it's true. We, we rarely, we rarely pod in the morning. It's, uh, yeah, we both have to set an alarm and it is 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did sound like we're, are you podcasting at 5.30, 6 a.m.? No. Okay. It's yeah, we're just sneaking in lunchtime. technically still the a.m., so that's okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I've just had my breakfast. The earliest I've had it this week, I reckon. I had it yesterday. I had a PM breakfast, which is no good. I'm all and, out of whack. Okay, but the question is, did you have the same breakfast for the PM yesterday as the AM today, or does it depend on when you're eating? No, I always have the same breakfast. Uh, I normally settle into something for a little while, and at the moment it's oats and milk. Oh. Of course, with a cup of Earl Grey tea. Oh, of course, but that doesn't matter what time of day it is, does it? It's always uh, it's always Earl Grey time somewhere in the world, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean. So we're talking today about a show that you love. It's I called love The X-Files. It. Yes. Is it one of your favourites? I would put it up there in probably my... Oh, it's hard to say because you're going to ask now, but probably a top five ever show for me. Oh, so you're not quite sure if it makes the old... Uh, what's the president's... Wall in America, the Mount Cliff? Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So the honourable mention. Mount Rushmore. I'm trying to get that up as a catchphrase of mine. I know everyone says it already, but I think it's so funny when people <laughs> say, "Yeah, it's, uh, that'd be on my Mount Rushmore of uh, toiletry bags." You know, like any sort of random. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, of, of the 
spreads. Yeah, that's on my Mount Rushmore of spreads. Vegemite for sure. Definitely. It's pretty good, but it's, it's not on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, I wouldn't spend uh, hundreds of hours carving a rock face into the shape of a Vegemite jar, but uh, it's still pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. pretty good. It's no jam or marmalade. Yeah. That's a character I was playing. Obviously, it is better than jam and marmalade. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm not a maniac. All right, quickly. Mount Rushmore of spreads. Vegemite. Peanut butter crunchy. Okay. Peanut butter Peanut smooth. Peanut butter smooth. <laughs> Thank goodness. You have to have it there. And, of course, Promite. Uh, Not a lot had... of variety, to be honest, but... I reckon I would have had uh, just a block of butter there. Block of butter. Spreadable. Spreadable. And also, to be honest, it's much easier to carve just a block than it is to chop a jar. That's true. That's smart. So that's t- a time saver. Imagine having to like chip out the lettering of Vegemite. <laughs> what a pain in the ass. Or crunchy. But I guess the good thing about the two peanut butters is you've already got the, the template done. Yeah, so, that's right. So then one of them you just knock out crunchy on top. Or you can just write smooth slash crunchy on it and people would get it. You give yourself an extra spot then. That's smart. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, just say peanut butter. Practice. In general. In general, whatever. Whatever floats you by. Whatever your whatever's, preference is. Whatever's going. Crunchy's number one, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I make no apologies for that. Um now, right. my mind's been ticking away here, and I've been thinking about, actually, I reckon X-Files would be on the Mount Rushmore. Great. I think, who, I think who my, else have you got on there? My the faces OC. would be, I'd have, yeah, Sandy Cohen from the OC. <laughs> no, I'd have um, Homer Simpson's face. Yeah. Hercule Poirot's face. Oh, yes. I'd have uh, Dr. Mark Sloan, played by Dick Van Dyke on Diagnosis Murder's face. Oh, that's on your, that's in your four. Top four. And then uh, I would also have Dana Scully from the X-Files. Wow. Dana's your favourite character on the X-Files? Yeah. Or just yeah, most she's... carvable face? Yeah, most carvable face. No, she's great. Really... And uh, this year's most carvable face goes to... <laughs> Drumroll, please. <laughs> what about if if you were such a big fan of Gilligan's Island, you, all four were from Gilligan's Island <laughs> and the rest? And the rest. <laughs> they didn't make it. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, I wonder what my... Mount Rushmore would be. That's a tricky one. I think Simpsons would have to be on there. Maybe Seinfeld as well. That's sort of the two. Oh yeah, honorable mention. Comedies. Poirot, you've really got me into Poirot. I love it. It's a real happy place show for me. I love it. But I'd I'd have to have I'd have to think more about it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, also I I haven't seen it in a long time, but I like David Duchovny's other big show. Californication. Or I really. I never really time. gave it a go. I really, sh- really should because I, d- I mean, I did just say I love Dana Scully, but I do love the Fox. Yeah, Mr. Mulder. Does his acting improve, or is this the character in the X Files? He's sort of just a bit wooden, and that's all part of the fun. Yeah, but then like sometimes there's these like silly little things that he says. Like, did you notice in the episode we're talking about today? Which I don't have you introduced that yet. Uh, well, so we're talking about the X-Files, and in particular, uh, the most monkey episode that I've seen so far, which is called, it's the last episode of season one, it's called the Earl, Earl and Meyer Mask. Flask. Oh my goodness, Flask. It quite <laughs> clearly says Flask. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Uh, did you notice, and this is something, because I that's haven't watched X-Files. Glas- Glas- it's like the Glasgow kiss. <laughs> The Earl and Meyer mask is when you uh, bottle someone in the face. Uh, okay. Is the flask when you do it with a flask? The flask is when you do it with a flask. You know, people have like a, a small gun taped to their, their ankle. You whip out a flask taped to the ankle and just start beating someone over the head. Yeah. <laughs> so the Earl and Meyer flask is a certain kind of 
scientific flask. Is that I've never right? heard of it before, but it's like a, I guess it's sort of like a beaker or one of that sort of thing. Oh, well, that makes sense because that actually is quite integral to the episode. Yes. The thing that the monkey pisses in, <laughs> or arguably monkey piss, that is an Ellen Meyer flask, I believe. That is very true. We're probably going to get some budding boffins messaging and saying, oh, actually, that is uh, not quite true. That's a beaker, huh? I am... Um, I was on the, in the local paper as a kid. Uh, we went. <laughs> big, we went big, on claim, a, big claim here. And it went on an excursion and uh, to I think the high school. <laughs> we we're in primary school. We went to a high school, and the science department there taught us about science using uh, bubble bubbles. So we had to make our own bubble machines. And I was, every, that was the project beforehand. And I had forgotten about. It, so I just grabbed a coat hanger and made a big loop out of it. <laughs> And uh, I made the biggest bubbles by far. Seriously. So I, I got in the in the paper because I made the biggest looking bubbles, and then that and then the the photographer picked a couple of girls who I think he picked them because he thought they were cute or something because their bubble Ugh. things were not that good. Oh come on, mate! You know it's it needs to be more than that. Oh, you, oh, you want to sell issues of your paper with cute primary school kids? Look, I'm making a, I'm casting aspersions there. That's allegedly. <laughs> yeah, of course, just in case. But anyway, I remember the headline was budding boffins, and I had no idea what that meant. So that's why I said that weird phrase just then. But it means, <laughs> some, it means <laughs> that, that, aspiring scientists, I think. But so budding boffins. So that's two words that are pretty close to the word bubble, but he didn't say it either <laughs> yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Budding bubble, bubbles. I would have said bubbing bubbles for sure. <laughs> that would have been my headline. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? So. This episode is the last one of the first season, and I've only just started watching the second season. Uh, quite enjoyed the first season. You reckon the second season's even better? Yeah, I reckon it really it sort of finds its fair. I still enjoy the first season, and I think even towards the end of the first season, it starts to get a bit more, you know, they find out what, what's going on a bit more, and then the, the second season's got probably two or three of my favourite episodes for the whole run. Right. Well, how would you explain the show in, in general for people who don't know it? Right, so basically the X-Files is like, it's a couple of budding boffins who have been put together, if you will. Uh, well, the X-Files uh, is a department that focuses on unexplainable, basically mysteries and crimes related to the unexplained. So it might be alien stuff or it might be vampires or werewolves or ghosts or things like that. And um, basically they are the original odd couple that have been put together. Fox Mulder, who believes in everything, and then Dana Scully, who is a medical doctor, but also an FBI agent, and she's been pushed into the department to keep an eye on him, basically, but over the run, she gets less sceptical, only slightly, but they become very, very close as they investigate the paranormal together. And they really, they say it a few times, even very early, after, mustn't have known each other that long, but they're the only one that each other trusts. That's right. They say that a bit. And I'm like, it doesn't sound like you trust him, Scully. You keep going. Every time he has a theory, you're like, Mulder, are you sure that that happened here and not in your head up here? <laughs> yeah, she really does sort she of She said that go, about his, because he's okay. he, one of the early storylines, I imagine this runs through the whole series, is that uh, we find out that his uh, sister was abducted by aliens. That's right, Samantha. And it's not It's not like we're not thinking... Did did she really or not? It's like they show footage of it. It definitely happened. 
Um, this isn't a world where it's unsure. This is a world where aliens exist and they've come to Earth a lot. And the yeah. government know about it. Um, this is like a show where the conspiracy theories that you hear about, they're all real, pretty much. Yes, but having said that, Dana Scully is still very sceptical yes. about Yes, even that. though she sees proof of it most weeks. Yes. And I'm afraid that is one of the sort of frustrating parts as the show goes on. Like Even in this episode, which is in the first season, and there's about seven or eight more to go after this, she says to Mulder, look, when he's told her about, oh, I think this is there's something in this case, which we'll talk, I suppose we'll talk about in a second, but she even does say, look, Mulder, I wanted to apologize to you. You were right. I should have listened. And you yeah. think, oh, this is the start of her changing her tune about this kind of thing. But no, no, no matter how much she sees over the next eight years, she never truly believes. It's got to be. I mean, this is obviously just a, that's a, something that the writers need. They think they need her character to be the skeptic the whole way through. But I just don't know if it's that necessary. Yeah. We all know it's real. So it's sort of, and can't it be like their boss or someone who has it and the bosses change over or something? There must be another way of using that device of having the skeptic involved without having it in such an unbelievable way that someone who sees proof on a regular basis remains a skeptic. It's, it's got to be scientific, Mulder. It's like, what is science? It's figuring out unknown <laughs> stuff, you know, and it's and Mulder's done that. It becomes science. You've seen proof. What is science? It's like she's <laughs> talking about science from our world where none of this stuff is proven, but is in the world where it is all, like, evidence is mounting up all the time, even though the public don't really know about it, I guess. That's true, but even in this episode, a fellow medical doctor who's like a DNA expert analyzes some DNA, which uh, at first we think could be monkey pee, but then it turns out to not be. What's the classic uh, line? Uh, if this turns out to be monkey pee, Mulder... You're on your own. You're on your own. <laughs> so that's, yeah. the fa- that's what's in the Erlenmeyer flask, and she gets it examined, and then a fellow doctor who's a DNA expert says to her, Oh my God, in DNA, there's only four types of thing, building blocks that stuff's made of in, in known humanity, but this has six and it like yeah. blows her mind. That's big. And uh, for a trouble, that doctor gets knocked off before the end of the episode. Yeah. We never see her again. <laughs> Probably by the government, right? That's the idea. Yeah. Some black ops. Oh man. Yeah. That, those sort of things are interesting as well. Uh, why... Do people get knocked off all the time for knowing too much, but never Mulder and Scully. And I wonder if it's because they're the two main characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, even um, their like inside informant, known only as Deep Throat, who's a big part of season one and the ongoing storyline, even he says to Scully, Mulder's too high profile, that's why they won't kill Because he gets captured by these Black Ops guys. He says, too high profile, too high profile. But yeah. really, I think you're right. It's because... He's too high profile in that he is the main character on this show that is starting to rate pretty well. Yeah, I, d- I definitely did not buy that line at all. So that does not make sense. I, I kind of like how they try to explain it. Or maybe I would have preferred them not to. Or had found a reason that would have made more sense. I mean, these are people that I don't... This doesn't really spoil too much in the future. It turns out that they were involved with the JFK assassination. Right. And if he's not too high profile, but Mulder is, I don't get that. Yeah, yeah they, they say... Yeah, there's another time, maybe in season two, where someone says, 
Uh, we can't kill him. So, uh, in the second season, um, the Smoking Man. So the Smoking Man's this mysterious guy in the first season who's always in the background of the office of uh, Scully, Scully and Mulder's bosses. He's in the room, I think, when Scully gets the job of teaming up with Mulder. And uh, we don't really know what, what he is, but we find out towards the end of the first season and the second season that he's one of the ones probably trying to cover things up. He's from higher up and we don't know who he's working for or whatever, but he puts someone on to work with Mulder who's basically reported, he's basically a spy for him. And that guy asks the smoking man, why don't we just kill him? <laughs> and and he, and he the smoking man says something like, if we, uh, something like if we kill him, it'll make, it made it sound like he was, he was saying that it would make his followers fanatical. Yeah, something like a martyr sort of thing. Others will be in his place or something like that. Yeah, it's like I don't know if that's true. If he is, so he's so brilliant that he's the he's the one they're worried about finding out the truth, but they can't kill him because someone else will take his place. Well, you know, it does like it doesn't. Anyway, there's uh, something I catch myself doing a bit when I'm watching a far out show like this. (laughs) Is I'll question some of the logic to it, and it's like. You're watching a show about aliens and uh, guys who um, piss green and stuff. That yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like last right? week there was a man who could like set fire to a building with his mind and yeah. you weren't questioning that. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, but the logic of this doesn't quite <laughs> add up to me. The fire mind, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah of course, that makes that. sense. We no all get it. No doubt about that. Well, the, so- the humanoid, um, it basically like a leech, leech the, a human leech, humanoid leech and the fbi didn't just kill it because he did killed so many people the <laughs> fbi goes we're gonna we're gonna send it across town uh, for psychological evaluation i'm going what are you doing kill this leech man it's a monster it knows nothing but killing and they're treating it like it's so strange they'll knock off their own operatives but not this monster yeah they want i don't know it doesn't make any sense does it Anyway, uh, but, it broke out of the... It, it went across town in a truck with one man driving. It killed that man and escaped <laughs> into a toilet where it liked to live. So the X-Files, cool show, a lot of good stuff going on. But I wanted to ask you, so there's, there's two types of episodes. There's the mythology episodes, which explore the overarching story relating to Fox's uh, abducted sister, the existence of aliens, people like the smoking man trying to cover up the, all the cover-ups, basically exploring that. And then there's also what's called monster of the week episodes yeah. where they have like Mulder will fly out to New Jersey to uh, investigate the Jersey devil or he'll, you know, go to something in Tennessee and there's like something going on where people are disappearing. So, and then we find out that it is just one monster. And by the end of the 45 minute episode, it's all wrapped up. They're what more do like you... the Poirot episodes. Yeah, but what There's do you... There's a mystery and the geniuses solve it by the end. Yeah, but what do you prefer? Do you find the the Monster of the Week ones, which can be a bit more humorous sometimes? Some are serious, yeah. but then other ones are like really, really silly. More or humorous, pref... but also more satisfying because they conclude. Yes. Whereas but... the arc ones are... Um, well, the, what did you call them? The... Mythology episodes, Mythology yeah. episodes, they... I, it depends on the episode. I think, as a general rule, if I was just going to watch one episode, I'd prefer to watch a Monster of the Week one because it is a, it's a entire piece, yeah, start, middle, and end. 
whereas the other ones can feel a bit unsatisfying at the end sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd say at this stage because I haven't gone, I haven't got through the overarching story too far because I'm only the start of season two. I'd, I'd have to go with Monster of the Week, but I imagine looking back and a lot of the f- fans that I've spoken to, they prefer the mythology episodes because I guess because they know where it leads to which has given me hope that it's going to be uh, worthwhile sticking at. <laughs> well, I don't want to I don't want to sway that opinion one way or the other, so I just want to say anything, okay. but cuz you don't want to be the one where in a year's time I've finished the new episodes and I'm like, "Dave, that was not worth my time." <laughs> <laughs> you dogged me there. Yeah. The um the Jersey episode was another one that could have been that's a bit of a prime 80 episode. It's a they called it like a missing link, which I know uh, is not a real thing. A scientist once pulled me up on that, apparently. I called them missing links at some point on this show, and there is no such thing as a missing link because that's not how evolution works. But that's the uh, kind but... of idea that it's a, yeah. they've evolved differently and it's more like it's come off a off a, br- a different branch you know, back in evolution at some point, and they have evolved slightly differently. But it's a an ape... You know, like us, like a great ape, but a this one didn't they? They pulled livers right out of humans' bodies. So I don't know what kind of ape does that, <laughs> but um, still. Or am I mixing up with that other liver guy? There was this character who loved livers. He was a real slivery guy. Oh yeah, he could. And he uh, also liked. Did he also like licking areas. newspaper and then making yeah. a nest out of the news? That was yeah. That's I think it's called Squeeze. That one. Yes, he that's was a in a couple episodes. He, he came back uh, because they arrested him, but um, he got let out later. Spoiler alert. Obviously, lots of spoils here today. So, anyway, I guess let's talk about the episode we watched. Great. Can you explain to me? Because this was a mythology episode. And uh, the monkeys came into it because there were lab monkeys. Um, and we I guess it's, I'll, I'll start it off. You've watched yeah, it more recently me, than me, so you'll be able to fill it in a bit but it starts with a car chase a guy's on the run he gets cornered by the cops and then he he doesn't uh he doesn't stop when they ask him to he runs off and he jumps into the sea he's been shot and he clearly bleeds some sort of translucent green gloopy blood and he gets into the sea but he never resurfaces and they can't find him at first at least yeah we don't know anything about these guys up until this point right no, I don't think we've seen this character before. And then, basically, Mulder gets a tip-off from Deep Throat, who's sort of like a mysterious guy who obviously has knowledge of lots of things. And I think in a previous episode, he told Mulder that he's one of only three people that's ever executed an alien. Is that right? Yeah, Do you remember that? Yeah. So, he's obviously, if he's telling the truth, he's very high up. He's on the inside. He often has these little leads for Mulder, but sometimes they're a bit bit intangible and Mulder's like what do you what does this mean just tell just tell me just tell yeah. me yeah but uh, yeah. he calls up Mulder and says hey turn on channel eight and watch the news and it's a news report about a man running away from the cops and disappearing into the ocean right. and that leads Mulder onto the case and he brings Scully in as of course she's skeptical she's like why are we even here man why are we even here <laughs> Scully just uh, there must be an episode somewhere where she goes you know what I'm going to go with you today, Mulder. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. 
Not a single episode. Like, they couldn't they do an episode where she bumped her head and she wakes up believing and it goes away again? That's the that kind w- of thing. That's the kind of thing they actually do. They do little explore stuff like that on the show. They actually do, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> so, so Mulder then, uh, he's sort of on the scent now. Deep Throat's got him in there. I find Deep Throat an interesting character. I really like the actor. I think he's he's great. But I, is he from is he from other stuff? I was looking him up before. His name is Jerry Harden, and he looks like he's. I think he's still kicking. He was born in nineteen twenty nine, so that makes him wow ninety, right? Yeah, ninety ninety one. He's and um for me, he's just this amazing mixture of like former U.S. presidents. Yeah, he's got <laughs> he's, a, he's got, got uh, Nixon hair. Nixon, and then he also looks a bit like. <laughs> What's your mate that loves nachos on The Simpsons? Gerald Ford. He looks like, and then Gerald Ford mixed together. I reckon those two would become this man's face. Right. I think so that. Yeah, that, I mean, he's just if you look at his IMDb, he's just been on every TV show, just a workhorse sort of character actor. And are you are you a fan of The Office, the US one with Steve Carell? I haven't really seen it. No. Right. But I just want to say, I imagine just, I probably would like it. I did not realize this, but his daughter is Melora Harden who is uh, Jan Levinson who's a one of Steve Carell's uh, Michael Scott's love interests on the show and his former manager so she, ah, right. there you go there you go she's uh, ca- currently starring on the bold type for people that are bolder than I so I think that makes them sort of like a power family I believe so look at I mean check out some of these these names I'm just flicking through he was on Who's the Boss, L.A. Law, Quantum Leap, Star Trek: The Next Generation, Picket Fences, Mad About You, Lois and Clark, uh, Wow, Melrose Place, Star Trek Voyager, A Streetcar Named Desire, Murphy Brown, Secrets of the Bermuda Triangle, <gasps> Murder She Wrote, Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Man, if he was on Diagnosis Murder, this would be a dream come true. Ali McBeal, Jag. Like, all these shows are big hit shows. Caroline in the City. Uh, Crossing Jordan. I'm just going through the ones I've heard of. Cold Case. The Middle. Is wow. this, what was the show you uh, wanted to know? Diagnosis Murder. No, unfortunately not. Damn. He was Every m- show but... I mean, there was no room for him. It was only only for Dick Barry and Shane played all the male roles. <laughs> Dick Barry and Shane uh, Van Dyke. What a family! What a family! They're actually the Hardens and the Van Dykes are, are massive uh, rivals. <laughs> Trying to be the most dominant in Hollywood. Yeah, who's the most dominant TV Hollywood family? Well, the Van Dykes have got you at least on that show. I think Harden might have more credits than the Van Dykes combined, though. But no diagnosis murder credit really for me means no respect. No, that's right. This show's going on a hiatus in a, after a couple of more weeks, Dave. But if we ever come back, we've got to find out if there is a, a monkey in diagnosis murder. I, there must have been. They did so many weird, wacky plots on there. There's whole episodes where Dick Van Dyke plays... Five of his own elderly relatives, uh, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Nutty Professor style. <laughs> he beat it's, beat the clumps to it. Yeah, it's very fun. It's very clumps funny. Clumps or clumps? <laughs> uh, 
Either way. I think in Australia it was the clumps, or overseas maybe the clumps. Yeah, the clump. We we weren't they weren't sure our market would understand the clumps. But a clump. So they made us the clumps. <laughs> or vice versa. Uh yeah, okay. Well I think we've got to figure that out. And we've all obviously one day we've got to do our podcast diagnosis podcast. It's Please. gonna be big. Definitely. And then when that's over, Pod Bro, the episodes of Poirot and analyzed in detail. I I would love to do both of those so much. <laughs> Feels too. like all we need is for you to stop working your full time job and we okay. can make these dreams a reality. All right. All right. That's the only thing stopping us. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's quite a commitment because Poirot is, it was it lasted for decades. Such a good show, though. Yeah. Po- po- what was it called? Poircast. <laughs> there are a few possibles. Poircast, Pod Row, um, which obviously looks like Pod Rot written down. So, uh, and it's a bit it of fun for us. like a Skid Row thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the albums of Skid Row, Pod Row. Maybe we could uh, alternate week to week, one episode of Pyro, then an album Skid Row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who can forget all those classic Skid Row albums? Uh, or songs. I can't think of a single song at the moment. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Is that one of those? That, that is one of those, yes. Yeah. Uh, Agatha Christie. <laughs> She's a babe and bitch. That's probably... <laughs> imagine that's kind of uh, work they did. <laughs> babe and bitch. The 80s was a different time. They said words like babe and... Uh, you know, and we can't go back. You know, we've got to look, keep looking forward. So, they there's this splooge man... Uh, has blue splooge, not blue splooge, sorry, blue blood. He's a blue, blue blood. Well, it's green blood and blue splooge. <laughs> yes. They don't know, this, the blue splooge is implied. They never yeah. actually show it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, but, so he's on, he's on the case now and he's slowly trying to track them down. Uh, what, what's the, and then the, the, what it looks like monkey piss that, uh, Scully yeah. tests. So What's Mulder has, has tracked down uh, a doctor who's secretly carrying out experiments because that uh, the man that was running away, the green blood bleeding man, was driving a car that they traced back to this guy called Doctor Barubi, and right. uh, who, who's and when they visit him, he's like he doesn't seem to care about. They tell him, "Oh, your car was associated with a crime," and he's like, "I don't care. I'm so focused on my work. My work is very important." And then his work is basically a room full of. What is it? Apes? I couldn't even tell what type of chimp. No, they, I think there. they were chimps. Were they? Ch- yeah, some sort of chimp. Were they? Uh, I think they were chimps. Even though they called them monkeys, I'm pretty sure they were chimps. Yeah, right, right, right. And then he tells Scully off because she nearly gets her finger bitten, and she he she goes, "Oh, sorry, I thought they were friendly. Why would you think that?" <laughs> That's so funny. What an assumption to make. Why would they be friendly? You've caged them up and are sticking needles in them. I imagine they would not be friendly. And she's a doctor. She's a doctor. She should know better. If you, How many patients you've locked in cages that you've performed tests on are happy for you to t- touch right? them? Right. <laughs> and um, anyway, they have to leave the Baruby guy alone. And then later that night, we again come across Baruby, but he is interrupted not by an FBI agent this time, but by a black operative who is commonly referred to as the crew cut man. Yes. That's us. I noticed him in the, in the 
uh, credits he was listed as the crew cut man so because there's so many of these mysterious characters and it's they're so mysterious they're never named so you've got the cigarette smoking man who's a recurrent throughout the whole series then there's this guy called the crew cut man who's like an assassin of sorts if you and look through throat. there's other people i've got a list here there's um the hispanic man red-haired man gray-haired man the plain clothed man Dark man slash mustache man. Take your pick there. And also the black haired man. Mustache man. I'd take mustache man. I like alliteration like that. <laughs> yeah, me too. So there's... Do you know the mustache man? But my, my favourite of them all... I've... Come drop playing. <laughs> my favourite of them all is uh, the well manicured man. Oh. <laughs> That's a okay. yeah. yeah, he's like uh, early... Uh, what do they call it? There was a trend in the 2000s called... It was just like men oh, um, shaving and stuff. Yeah, metrosexuals. Metrosexual, that was the big thing. Yeah, what a funny idea. And it was like, it was men who would sort of care about how they look more or something. Yeah, a bit more hair gel, some skincare products, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I remember at the time, the big thing was wearing a uh, pink polo shirt and popping the collar. Yeah. Oh, the pop collar. I hate that look for some reason. There's something about it that just makes you look arrogant somehow. I don't know why. And also, the the collar just, it didn't, it never sat properly. It would always be sagging in one spot. So it just looked a bit silly. And it was, I think it was, it makes sense. It's sun smart. But yeah, I don't know why. It's just like, it's just a funny, maybe it's just the people I knew wore it like that were kind of arrogant pricks but uh yeah it's just a, a funny old look and that was big for a while I, you still see people like that they're normally people who want to be rich right you know, that's the i'd call that the aspirational yachtsman look <laughs> my dad will do it on occasion he says it's to protect the sun off his neck but i, re- I reckon one, one honestly time we... i think he wants to be on a yacht one of the times I met your dad after our one of our live do go on shows, he was sporting a yachtsman look. I think he may have had a popped collar and then maybe even the cardigan tied around the shoulders. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Dad! Yeah, he's he's gone through a few looks over his over <laughs> his years, and uh, I think he's forgotten who he is. He's forgotten <laughs> where he came from. You grew up a Moorabbin, Dad. <laughs> but you know, each to his own. Okay. Each to uh, his own. He, he, has, he, he does have a few mates who have yachts. Or at least um, not have yachts, but he, uh, his brother-in-law goes yachting sometimes. So oh, okay. I so think trying, a bit of that's trying, probably rubbed off on him. Or maybe he's putting the message out. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm available. I've yeah. got yacht wear ready to go. Maybe nominate me for the yacht club. I'm ready to go. <sighs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a real land lover myself. <laughs> me too. I don't get it. Unless we're talking international waters on a barge. Me too. Yep. Which I'm, I'm with you. We've got plans of doing a do go on out there in international waters where there's no rules. There's anything no goes. We could talk about anything. We could do the reports about topics that we'd only dreamed of before. That's right. We could expose some of these black operatives, like the crew cut man, the well yep. manicured man. You be- they better watch out. Yeah, we could say their birth names now. Mm. And the crazy thing is, we're so high profile in the uh, paranormal investigative world mm. that there's, no one would dare kill us. Does that he really is very high profile. Like he's got followers, and we learn that uh, sort of midway through the first season, uh, he's arrested on a an army 
some sort of army set up where they're cleaning up a an alien landing or something or they're trying to capture this really fast invisible alien <laughs> and uh the, so he's he's locked up on that site with another guy who's like a conspiracy theorist guy and he goes mold is surprised that um he knows who he is and he goes yeah i follow your work i know we know all about it his community reads everything he ever does and he knows about scully and all this sort of stuff so he's he's sort of like an underground conspiracy theory celebrity oh is that part of the and yeah and he's also friends with the the three guys that make the lone gunman magazine yeah they're fun so they're so they're recurring characters they actually uh, even got their own spin-off show for one series really yeah which i've watched too surprised that only lasts for one series couldn't believe it (laughs) but that that were yeah quippy trio sort of thing yeah yeah i think they're good they're good fun but back to the episode so the crew cut man he rocks up at the same lab where the guy had been experimenting on the chimps and um the next day that man is found dead and uh, it's clear that the crew cut man has killed him and made it look like a suicide. Yeah, because he left a he left a note. Crew cut man out. <laughs> yeah, why do you leave well his business card? Lots. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, that's how arrogant he's got. He had his pop collar. <laughs> he's crew cut. Yeah, yeah. The crew cut was the dead giveaway. Oh, yeah. He he crew cutted him to death. Like he just stabbed him to death with a crew cut. <laughs> Trying to, the crew cuts are short back and sides, right? Yeah, like sort of that real like army f- army look. Flat top. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chris Mullins in the, in the dream yes. team. Yes, exactly. Yeah. His look. He looked exactly like that. So, so, yeah, crew cut man was also a great three-point shooter. Oh, fantastic. He was yeah. part of the big three. And um, so, yeah, the crew cut man has obviously just killed him. Scully and Mulder are a bit suspicious, so... They find this beaker or an Erlenmeyer flask, if you will. And um, it says something on the side. Do you remember what it says? And that ends up being quite important. Oh, it says like, something on the bottom. And it's a, yeah, it's a key phrase that they talk about a lot further yeah. on. It's two words. What was it? Uh, you keep talking. I'll find it. I'm trying to think of... Oh, purity control. I found it here. That's it. Yes, that's right. Purity control. And then... Mulder says, Scully, can you analyze this? And she says, if this turns out to be Mulder pee, uh, Mulder pee, <laughs> 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 if this turns out to be your piss, I'm going to be so, <laughs> he keeps, <laughs> he keeps pranking her by getting her to analyze his urine. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I, I read somewhere last night that, um, uh, there's a, there's an outtake in one of the DVDs or something where they, keep rolling on that scene and, and Mulder goes, it's an acquired taste or something like that. <laughs> that is, bit. that's a real Dukov bit, like a yeah. real Mulder bit. Did you notice that there's like all these pop culture references throughout the, the show? They're like, um, I'm sick of this Obi-Wan Kenobi bullshit. And then oh, they're right. like, the FBI rock up and they're like, oh, I heard you were, ch- and talk to the local police. I heard you were chasing this man for, cause he didn't want to pull over. And the guy's like, well, it's no silence of the lambs. <laughs> and then later on, when Scully's talking to that DNA expert, she's like, we've come a long way since Colonel Mustard with the candlestick. There's all these just like little <laughs> yeah. little references that they put in there. I forgot that about the show. They're, they're frequent. They're my, I think the bit that's made me laugh the most so far was in 
an episode. I think it was one of the first episodes of the. Se- it was Blood, an episode you really liked. Oh, I love from it. The second season, and um, one of the bodies early on t- turns up, and and Mulder's called out to this little town that apparently there's never any murders out there, and he's inspecting one of these bodies. It's um, uh, there's been a, like a mini massacre, based on a like an elevator told this guy to kill. Mm. So he he killed all these people. And one of the bodies um, <laughs> that sound, Mulder's looking at. That sounds so bizarre. An elevator told people to kill. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you just got to accept that in this universe. Uh, yeah. Things get a little bit kooky. <laughs> so the Mulder's inspecting one of the bodies. Maybe it's even the killer. And uh, the local policeman's like, yeah, this guy, um, you know, he he's not a... He's not a, a kind of killing guy. You just never would have expected it, you know? He's like a... He's a right fielder in the baseball team. He just some throwaway line about him being a right fielder or some position, some whatever the fielding position was. I think it was right field. And uh, Mulder goes, is inspecting the body. He goes, what's wrong with right field? <laughs> and then the cop keeps telling him more about this guy. He's gone off topic. And uh, Mulder goes... Right field's an important spot. Uh, spot. <laughs> and the guy keeps talking, and then he comes back to Mulder and goes, you got to have a good arm to play right field. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just fully distracted by this baseball throwaway line. The cop's still giving him more information, and then he goes, I played right field. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. That's oh, a good bit. Oh, fuck, that was good stuff. That was, yeah, that was a real good bit. But it, and it just like it was, that was there for nothing but the laugh. Which I liked. It's very... And it also advanced the character. We've painted a little bit more of a picture of Mulder. He's a right fieldsman. Well, I th- I'm wondering if David Duchovny was actually a, a baseballer because there's a later episode that was really re- well received that David Duchovny actually wrote about a baseballer. Oh. So, yeah, he would... Oh, cool. He wrote a couple episodes. Yeah, and, and it was a re- it's a really good one. And, uh, it's yeah, it's all about a baseball. So I wonder if maybe he is, like, personally a fan or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that I would. I'd buy that. Oh, that's cool. Something to look forward to. Baseball yeah. episode. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Anyway, so back to the episode. This Baruby guy's dead. Mulder goes around to his house, breaks in, finds out that the guy that was shot at the start of the episode that's bleeding green He's actually still alive because he calls Baruby and says, Hey man, I'm at a payphone, I'm not feeling well. And then Dukovny pretends to be Baruby, but also listening in on that conversation outside in an unmarked van using like a <laughs> like a device that taps into the phone is the crew cut man. Yes, and he's he's across the road in a classic sort of uh gardener's van or something. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Love that. And then um Dukovny, uh, how does he? He finds out something about Zeus Zeus refrigeration. He finds out that that's a factory that he has to go and check out. Oh, do you remember how he finds out about that? Is that 
is that Deep Throat who tells him? Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe he runs into Deep Throat outside his own house saying what's going on. And then luckily, uh, Fox Mulder has taken some keys from this dead man's house, Baruby. And when he goes to this uh, factory in the middle of nowhere, he goes there and he finds the key to open up this padlock. He opens up the, the door and inside the room are five bodies, like life-size adult human bodies floating in liquid, sort of like that classic, what you imagine when people are like growing humans out of DNA yeah. type thing. And so they, they kind of look like big uh, fish tanks, which is yeah. probably what they were, I guess. And, and one of them even moves, and Mulder's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But as he leaves there, the crew cut man and another dude show up, so he has to run away. Which is yes. A, which is the thing. And then he goes to, to Scully, hey, you got to see this. This is going to this is gonna change everything you believe. After, after you walk into this room, nothing will hold sacred. And that's when she says... Look, Mold, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry. I should have believed you earlier that there was something in this. <clears throat> yeah. And then they walk into the room and it's been cleaned. It's absolutely empty. So he looks a bit nuts. And looks- Scully, yeah, just allows Scully to have enough doubt remain. But then our friend Deep Throat shows up and says, they're starting to cover their tracks. And Mold is like, well, why didn't you just tell me about this earlier? And he's like, oh, I didn't think that they'd be able to clean up this fast. It's just like, mate, yes, you, could have just, you could have just told us about it. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense, that sort of stuff. I think, you know, when he's working for the higher-ups, I think it's clear that the higher-ups are like the production team of the TV show. <laughs> I'm only allowed to spoon-feed you a little bit of information at a time. That's all they want me to do from upstairs. It's these Otherwise damn writers. The storyline. These damn writers. <laughs> so, and then from from there, um, Mulder tracks down this bleeding man again, the the guy that's been shot, that's bleeding green, because it turns out that this Baruby guy, and this is sort of told to him by, by Deep Throat as well, that um, he's got alien DNA and he's been injecting it into six people that volunteered because they had. Um, terminal illnesses and this guy that's on the run is the only one that's been left alive because he got injected with the 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 alien dna he recovered but then he also gained like superhuman strength he could breathe underwater all this stuff so the black ops people have cleaned all the other people they've killed them all but because this guy on the run was a friend of the doctor he gave him enough time to run away and that's why he's on the run right (laughs) so they were going to take them all out yeah, and that's why they're they're really keen to capture this last guy because he's the only evidence that they've right. been injecting humans with di- with alien DNA. Uh, okay. Uh, have they learnt enough from it by now? Do you think? Well, and uh, well, Deep Throat says that they've been experimenting for decades, so it's just getting more and more. Right. And, and then, then anyway, the idea is to create. It's it's nearly always to create super soldiers, right? Yep. Definitely. <clears throat> What a bad idea. I mean, I assume that governments actually know this. That that's a bad idea. You don't want to start that kind of arms race. How long do we last as a as a people when you're using, like, you're making superheroes? It's all over. I know, but they're like, well, but, but if we're the only one with these super soldiers, yeah. we'll be in charge. It's the same with the atomic bombs, I guess. Yeah. Very close for that being the end of the world. If... Uh, you know, just have to one bad, more bad decision. Mm, well, the atomic clock, you know, it's, only, it's like one minute to midnight or whatever. And, you know, when it gets midnight, that means 
as an attack, so. Ugh. Cool. Anyway, Mulder tracks down this, this man uh, and he says to him, I'll protect you. And then the man gets shot immediately after that by the crew cut man who's wearing a gas mask because it turns out that this guy's blood is toxic. And yeah, then- do we know that before this moment? Well, we knew that because when the green, uh, the guy on the run, he was actually in an ambulance for a while and they injected him with a with a needle and then gas oh, started yes, exploding right. from within him and the other people could, couldn't breathe and their eyes were burnt or whatever. And then we come back to Mulder and he's tied up by the crew cut man and his eyes are all red and he looks like he's having a horrible allergic reaction. And uh, that's when, as we said at the start of the episode... Uh, this man, uh, the smoking, uh, sorry, the deep throat comes to Scully and says he's too high profile to kill, but I reckon we need some sort of bargaining chip to swap to save Mulder's life. And he gets her access to a facility that we assume is uh, absolutely under lock, lock and key that no one could get into, but because deep throat's highly connected, he gets her a pass and she gets in and there's only one last door to get through at this secure facility. And the whole time she looks so suspicious. <laughs> And the guy asks her for the password and she falters and then says, purity control. And yes. she's, she's allowed in. Isn't that a funny, like, you don't think that that would make him go, why is this woman so nervous? But he's yeah. just like, oh, she came up with it in the end. No worries. Yeah. Go grab your alien. <laughs> yeah. And then when she goes inside, she grabs uh, like a little alien baby that's been uh, sus- suspended in the, uh, dry ice. And what if did you she think? can get it, why can't the people that are using it as a bargaining chip get it? You know what I mean? Why can't the crew-cut man just go get it himself? Well, I think that, no, they want to keep it protected. They just want it back. They just don't want Scully oh. to have it and expose them. Gotcha. What did you think of the alien when it was revealed? Ah, uh, looked all right, didn't it? Did it look, was it not too good? Oh, it was just it was a little bit styrofoamy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't remember it being like there have been a few things. It's like, oh, they would have been better off just not showing that at all. But because um, the props department hadn't quite caught up with the ideas, but the that one I didn't. I'd have to look at it again. I was. Uh, it wasn't of, terrible, but I was just a bit like, well, <laughs> yeah. Some of these episodes, I you know have been watching. Uh, you know, probably with one eye on the screen. <laughs> so maybe they got away with stuff like that. I have, um, well, we're so close to the end of this episode. Should we finish it off? Because then I've got a good fact for you about how it finishes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Um, so if somehow it's actually not explained. Scully's able to leave that tight lock uh, facility under lock and key with the alien under her arm. Yeah. How is she? she's able to leave with it? She takes well, it. Well, she knew two words to get in, so... Purity control, baby. And then uh, she meets up with the smoking... Uh, sorry, I keep confusing with the smoking man. With uh, with Deep Throat. And uh, they make an exchange for Mulder's life. Mulder gets dumped out the back of a van, but after he hands over the alien, Deep Throat is shot to death in front of Scully. Okay, so explain this to me. Why... If they were just going to kill the guy who was making the exchange, why bother giving... Uh, Mulder back at all because he's too high profile. Okay, so it's a too <laughs> high profile thing. Deep Throat isn't. That was the dumb thing about Deep Throat. He never got his name out there. That's right, exactly. No one even knows what his name is. 
So the actor who we've just talked about, um, Jerry Harden, yeah. apparently when he received, this is according to IMDb facts or, or trivia, when Jerry Harden received his copy of the script, it included a note on the front from Chris Carter, who created the series, saying, no one really dies on the X-Files. <laughs> Which is because he, in future seasons, he's in flashback scenes and that sort of stuff. So yep. the actor never really is killed off, which is, that's kind of a nice, nice thing. That is, I did not know that. That's really nice. Uh, yeah, there's another factor. It says this is the last appearance of Deep Throat Alive. After this episode, he reappeared at separate occasions in flashbacks and dream sequences. Oh, I can't wait for some dream sequences. <laughs> yeah, there's a few, sadly. Oh, this is the first time in the series that we actually see an alien body. So maybe that's why it affected you, because it was like, and maybe why it should have affected me, because like, oh, this is, this is what they look like yeah, in they this d- world. Because bef- I guess before that, even in the previous Deep Throat episode where he said, oh, I've, I've killed, I'm one of three people who's been tasked with killing an extraterrestrial. Mold is right. told that there's one in there, but by the time he gets to the place where it was, it's no longer there. So you're wondering, is he lying? Do these even exist? And now you're like, okay, they definitely exist. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, this sort of like a twist almost. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as he lays dying, uh, Scully stands over the, the, uh, the deep throat guy and his last words are, trust no one. Yeah. Oh, great. That's helpful. And can you believe that that becomes uh, Fox Mulder's password? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Computers. Trust N-O-1. <laughs> That's... And I remember I mean, reading... If he was good at security, you would know that he should be using different passwords, Come mixing on, it up. Mix it up, few characters, letters, all that sort of stuff. But um, I remember reading that for a while that that was a pretty popular password. You know, one, two, three, four, A, B, C, D, and then trust no trust one. Trust no one. That's funny. Uh, the skeptics who love the X-Files, they're, they're real good at security. Totally. By all using the same password. Yeah. <laughs> and then the... Does it, at the end of this episode, do they close the X-Files? Yeah, the final bit of that is there's a little, like, time goes by, a few weeks have gone by, and then Mulder calls Scully to tell her that the X-Files have been shut down. And then right. it's a bit like, whoa, what, what, what? No info is given. And then it just cuts to the smoking man, who's like the lead antagonist who's been, uh, looks like he's in control of all these sort of things. He's often in the meetings of high up people, like you were saying. It shows him with the alien body inside a room in the Pentagon and he puts it back on the shelf and it zooms out and there's heaps of stuff, a bit like at the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But he's all, that, it's not the first time we see that room at the Pentagon. He also puts in a little piece of metal in there as well earlier in the season that's been taken uh, uh, an alien is uh, placed inside someone's head or something uh, in their right. nose. and in the very same way puts slots it into this thing with a bunch of other ones so you go oh there's this isn't the first of it they've been doing this for ages yeah and yeah leaving it's funny seeing the pentagons uh like you are here in the pentagon <laughs> side is how they Show you that we're in the Pentagon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like a an emergency fire exit plan, which I love that yeah. even in the most <laughs> like uh, secure place in the entire world is what they're trying to imply. There's like a map for how to get in or out. <laughs> yeah, love that. Well, here's a, another one of those uh, trivia, trivia points. Um, this one's about the flask. It says the purity control sample Mulder finds in the lab and gives to Scully is actually an Earl... Erlenmeyer flask, hence the title. 
However, a flask for biological samples would have a, would have a screw cap closure, not a ground glass stopper like the prop shown. The latter type of stopper can't protect biological samples from contamination by environmental bacteria. Oh. They fucked up. Oh, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great... I love that. I hope someone got fired for that. Um, there's other like great facts like the fact that the lab is in Pandora Street is a clear reference of the myth of Pandora's box where all humanity's evils were contained and then unleashed. <gasps> That's a good little Easter egg for sure. That is very... This episode takes place from May 8th to May 26th, 1994. <laughs> Another great fact. Is there so a, much. Is there a list there? Of, it says like how many people found this interesting, that fact? Ah, uh, yeah, two from two. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Because sometimes there's ones that are so bad, it's like one from 15 found this interesting. <laughs> this one got 22 of 46, and it is boring. Here we go. <laughs> At 20 minutes and 51 seconds, the filmmakers perform a dolly zoom in camera effect on Mulder. They're talking about a zoom effect that's used at a specific time. I'm not going to lie to you. I remember thinking that was pretty cool. Okay. I'm on. Well, that's fun. I'd be a plus You're on that. You're in the 21. I, I thought, how do they do that? It's when he walks into the um, the abandoned factory, that Zeus refrigeration. refrigeration. Have you paused? Oh, no, I'm there. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you'd paused. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I like... I think... Uh, you just don't... You don't move. You're you trying to, like... Um, not release too much energy. No, I, I, I just said something and I just, I don't know if you'd heard it or not. And I was like, did he say, hear that? Or is it zero out of one people have found what I've said interesting? <laughs> Both. Both are true. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I guess, we should we wrap up that? Uh, that's all. Wait, is there anything else you need to tell me about X-Files? I'm trying to think of other episodes I'd love to talk to you about because there's, there's a lot of fun amongst it. I don't know what my favourite one is so far. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you up to? In so I can just have a quick look at the list so I can. I think I'm three or four into the second season. Have you seen uh, Sleepless yet? Where they can't sleep? Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. Is that one of your favourites? Oh uh, yeah, I just really remember it. I love that. I th- thought it was a really good one. But I, um, my favourite that you've seen so far is Blood. I really do like that one. Yeah, Blood was great. That actor, the blood guy, was he was really good. He, he was, was really good. But the one I'm really playing it so strange, oh, so good, such a strange performance. You're like, I, this is all a choice, but yeah, it's just odd. The one I'm really looking forward to you seeing is episode 22 of this season of season two, which is F. Emma. I can't even say this. Emma Sculata. F. Emma Sculato. Okay. Yeah, it's um. It's just a it's just a bloody good one. I really liked it. But you liked um uh another one I really liked from season one, which is Darkness Falls, where they uh oh that was a good one. Yeah. People are cutting down wood in the in the forest, and then these little uh things are released. Yeah, they're sort of like tiny little bugs, flies. Yeah, and, and at, they, at night they and they mummify eat stuff. you. Basically. Yeah, they just suck your blood out and make you basically almost mummify you. I re- I like that episode a lot. There was there were like a lot of these episodes. There's weird decisions in it, like they they don't like the light. So when the sun comes up, you're safe. And there's a a lot of they're, they're building up over the last night. They've run out of power, 
or they're on their last little bit of of gas for the oh, for the generator yeah so it it's gonna run out any minute and it, so there's suspenses up are they gonna make it through the night with this generator and it it runs out and the sun comes up but they don't like as it runs out i'm thinking holy shit this is uh you know what's gonna happen here but Mulder and scully and the other guy just just chilled so chilled out and then the sun comes up i'm like well why didn't they make that a why didn't they build the suspense up there it was all built up and then they yeah it was a real strange way to do it i thought it's just sort of like a you know you want the big you know the big explosion of of um suspense but yeah they went a different direction more like a a flop oh yeah oh yeah Oh, yeah. No, we made it through. All right. Cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that was because they were going to... They they knew that they were going to get uh, done. There was still one more thing they had to get through, which they didn't. So, whatever. Anyway, I'm liking this show enough. Yeah, I yeah. I think stick, it's pretty good. I reckon stick with it until you don't like it anymore, or like any show. But um, I'm a big fan because I watched it... I mean, I still watch random episodes every now and then, and I rewatch this one when I really enjoyed it. I was like, "Yeah, I do love this show." But um, I have I watched when I watched them all through. It was probably ten years ago now when I watched all of them. Right. But I, I mean, so you were but but a boy. I was but a boy. Yes, I was watching them on DVD boy. back then. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to think about. Sometimes there's got to be nostalgia wrapped up in it as well. And when you watch things younger, you forgive more stuff, maybe. Mm, but, I mean, at the time when the, when it first came out, I was quite young. And I remember when I was when it was so probably at its peak in the mid, mid-90s, I would know it as that scary show that I wasn't allowed to watch. Right. Because, you know... Your was, parents watched it? No, but I remember I had a, a, a babysitter a few times who was a big, big fan of it. And I think that maybe... It, if, if I'd gone to bed, she'd watch it on TV. And I, this is my first memory of the X-Files is coming out and being like, oh, being told, no, you're not allowed to watch this. Right. I, don't, I just don't think, I can't remember anyone I, I knew watching it. Maybe I, was, maybe I was too young when it was out and I I just didn't know anyone in the right age bracket for it. My parents didn't watch it. Right. So, Yeah. But I'm I'm glad I'm watching it now. It is good, and if people are in Australia, you can watch it for free on the SBS on demand uh, website, which is pretty cool. There's also a, a series about punk documentary series Iggy Pop made about punk on there too. If people are keen on that sort of stuff, nice one. I, know, I imagine that you can watch that around the world, but in Australia you can watch it for free on SBS, uh, which is pretty cool. I think that SBS on demand thing is awesome. Yeah, it it's really got as much stuff as any of the uh, like the paid streaming services yeah there's and there's heaps and stuff from all around the world absolutely yeah yeah it's really good um it's almost like what how does this exist i'm like you know you feel like you've stumbled across this uh secret but uh what what do you give the show we normally rate the media out of a bunch of bananas however big your bunch is how big do you buy when you buy a bunch of bananas oh i'm I'm, am I ashamed to say that I usually get two at a time? No, that's no there's no shame in that. I don't really like because I like bananas, but like you know, I'll have them on. I'll have 
half a banana on my because I also have, I have porridge for breakfast and I usually I mix up the fruits. Sometimes I'll put a banana on it, you know, and I'll probably do that twice a week. So two banana and porridge, great mix, great combo. So I would give it two out of two bananas. Two out of two, and that's the series as a whole, or this episode, or both. Both. I really enjoyed it. I thought that even though that it had been a while since I'd seen the mythology, I still got back into it, and I, yeah, it, it had the laughs, it had the, the sort of intriguing bits. So yeah, I liked it. It was a strong season closer as well. Apparently, on that uh, trivia page, it also said that Fox, the network, were apprehensive about finishing the season with the X Files closing because it might make the viewers think that that was the end of the season or uh. the series. That had been cancelled. It was too neat of a finish. When obviously they knew that it was coming back for another season. I think even the when way you... they what what do you think about how they open up the X Files again in the second season? They've just done that now. That's right. what I'm up to. I, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say, but they might get shut down again multiple times. <laughs> yeah, right. I think from that point on, Fox yeah. were like, "Well, it worked for that season finale. Why don't we do it for nearly every season finale?" <laughs> Great. Well, that's something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real uh, nanny fine, Mr. Sheffield, will they, won't they sort of scenario. Yes. Yes, it is. Will they, won't they shut down the X-Files? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ross and Rachel, will they, won't they? But um, yeah, I, I'm i really enjoying it. Um, I don't think I'm quite enjoying it to the, to the 100% mark that you've given it. <laughs> I'd probably say out of my normal bunch of seven, I'd give it... Uh, five bananas like i'm really enjoying it yeah that's pretty good i reckon yeah that's a good place to go in and hang out in and check out the other show i've been watching uh this week or the last week or so has been um the tv version of high fidelity oh just finished that last night as well have you seen any of that no i didn't know they'd made a tv version do you know you know the movie yeah i know the the movie yeah and the was it nick nicholas hornby yeah nick hornby and yeah, I, I, it's one of those shows where it's like the characters are so annoying. Same with the movie. It's it's like you know it, they're kind of a bit unlikable. The main character, uh, and that that's similar. To, ah. But the show, I love the world and the music's great and um, it's it's pretty enjoyable. But you're just like you know watching people just make so many mistakes, and the point is that they haven't figured it out yet. I guess. I guess that's the point. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're meant to be a hero who's doing everything right. Ah. <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, it's uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter's the uh, lead Oh, that's role, cool. And I think yeah, the, so the, she... the Kravitz family are trying to rival the Van Dyke family, I hear. Yes, I think that might be the case. Um, it, she was on one of my favourite songs of uh, 2018, I think. It was She guests on a Janelle Monae track, which is a cracking tune. Cool. So she's uh, she's got some skills. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, don't know if there's any sort of well-known actors in it. There's one actor who reminds me a lot of Jack Druce, who's been on the show a bit before. You know Dave. Is a yeah, I love him. Comedian. Great guy. But his character, he's got a big Jack Druce type smile. He's just a nice guy character. Yeah. Like, oh, how Jack Druce is he? And then it's revealed that he's a rock climber, which is a Jack Druce hobby. Yeah, that's like his big hobby. Yeah. It, it's like someone has written Jack Drews into the show. 
anyway, the last thing we've got to really do is go through a few Patreons. Would you be up for me reading out a few Patreon shoutouts to you, Dave? Uh, yes, absolutely. All right. So um, if people want to, they can support this show at patreon.com slash do go on pod. But you're also supporting Dave and my show, Do Go On, as well as Dave's show, Book Cheat. And also my show with my cousin Sam, Listen Now, which is going to be coming back shortly, where we're going to be going through a different band, different album every week this time. Nice last one. Year, last season, which was last year, we went through the back catalogue of Cold Chisel. This time around, we're going to go through some different ones. I think the first week we're going to get people to vote on. We're going to put up, me and Sam are both going to put up suggestions uh, for the vote, and they're going to be big 80s rock albums. I think Sam is suggesting... Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses and Kick by NXS. Ah. Uh, I haven't thought of who my suggestions are going to be yet, but... And then we're going to probably take a couple from uh, listener suggestions as well. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. Book Cheat, what was the most recent Book Cheat, Dave? Uh, the most recent one was the episode that I did with uh, you and Cass. We, over two two weeks, we did uh, Things Fall Apart by Nigerian author Chinua Achebe. That was so good. I, I love that. It was a real roller coaster. You made me feel all sorts of things. And it's funny, it's one of my favorite. The last two that I've done on that show, I think I've done four books with you on there. Or four, one of them was a play, uh, four pieces of art. And the last two I've loved. The first two were all right. Uh, actually, they've all been good. I mean, they're all classics. But the last two, I'm like, I love these. You've been into those? I think maybe the first two I knew more about. Maybe that's why. It, I didn't enjoy them as much because I knew what the stories were, but uh, this one was like, wow, what a roller coaster. Anyway, I would highly recommend that. Um, and this week's Do Go On, you told the story about the two dream teams. That's right, one of which is famously called the Dream Team at the 1992 Olympics when NBA players were allowed to compete for the first time in the basketball. Um, the USA sent the what's called the Dream Team, 11 of the greatest ever players, led by Michael Jordan and uh, Magic Johnson. Patrick and Ewing, Mullins. yeah, that's right. Um, Larry Bird, all, all these greats of the game, and then also at the same Olympics, uh, Lithuania was sending their first team since 1928 because they'd only just become a country again after gaining independence from the USSR, and they were very talented, but they didn't have any money to send their players, and it's a, a real uh, t- a tale of two very different teams, both uh, with a lot of success. It's an amazing story, and there's been a bunch of people saying. Uh, that it's one of the one of their favorite episodes ever, which That's people also nice. said about the week before as well, which was yes. about the North Pond Stranger. People have been saying we're in hot form lately. Yeah, get on it. I reckon we're just gonna keep rolling. Hopefully. So yeah, definitely check those out if you're in a, into interesting stories. Uh, a lot more structured than this show. This this shows a lot of um. And then uh, what happened <laughs> was um. <laughs> Whereas the reports are all written out and well prepared for that. So check it out if you're keen on that sort of stuff. Uh, but one of the rewards for supporting those shows at patreon.com slash do go on pod is you get uh, a shout out on this show and you get to tell me about your favorite primate or anything really. And I don't, I don't read them until I'm reading them out. And then uh, we all find out together what you said. So firstly, I'd love to thank Robert Farley for his support. He writes, Hey guys, if you like monkeys that are not afraid to seek medical help, then you'll love Dr. Lucian Sanchez from D- Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, played by yes. Todd R- Rivers, who is in turn played by Matt Berry. Great show. Um, Very funny. 
it's the kind of it's the kind of show that I I'd love to rewatch for this, but I also feel like doing a comedy podcast about a comedy show that's already funnier than anything I've done. It sort of feels weird. It's like, what do you do? You just go, and then they said this funny thing that was this, which I do enough on this show anyway. Like I poorly told that uh, that bit of uh, molded dialogue before, but um, yeah, I found that when we did the Simpsons a bit, it was sort of it's hard, you're sort of just recounting a thing that's better than you. So but, yeah, and it is difficult to just do it justice because it's already very very good. Yeah. Uh, whereas. Yeah, other things. Oh, I don't know. I never figured out what this show should really be. (laughs) Maybe I will while it's on break. Anyway, uh, Robert goes on to say, In the Apes of of Wrath's episode, he's a gun-carrying, sharp-dressed, single-pierced-eared MD with attitude. And if this isn't enough for you, one of his colleagues throws her feces around. A wide range of facetious, if you will. Okay, I don't quite get what that is but plus richard aoade on a tricycle sayonara simians fantastic suggestions for people who aren't familiar with garth Marenghi's dark place i think it's quite big in australia and england i wonder if it broke in america at all yeah it's but great worth looking it's up if you haven't seen it yeah i think it might uh, for a while there it was definitely all on youtube so all oh, right that's cool. So if you can, if it's still there and you can check it out, that's very, very funny. And it's, yeah, only six or eight episodes and that's all they ever did, but it's very funny. It's the British way with their comedies. They'll, they're here for a short time, not a long time. That's not the same. What a good time, not a long time. Um, Grant Cheesewright writes, I think my favorite primate would have to be that, that vest. See my vest made from real gorilla chest. <laughs> Great Simpsons reference. Love Glad that. you were here for that one, Dave. Love that. Love that. That's from the the one hundred and one Dalmatians parody of the Simpsons, uh, where the, the 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 scene where they mimic the movie scene where they're counting them one, two, three, and the time <laughs> passes. Six puppies. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah. good stuff. Uh, thank you so much, Grant. Ashley Dickinson. Right, I'm so glad my get fucked monkeys comment wasn't read on Erica Fleury's episode. I was just monkeying around. Apes are great, but still, go team people, the greatest apes. <laughs> Ashley, you know. Been hanging out with Evan. You've been hanging out with Evan too much. That robot, you know, he's been programmed <laughs> to love humans. You you should be better, Ashley. Uh, we are apes. I feel proud that we're so closely related to chimps, bonobos orangutans and gorillas but you know i think we're only in we're we're lucky to be in there uh sam hanora writes hi matt and evan can you play the part of evan dave hello no actually sorry no her evan is oh hey matt yeah that was better sorry thank you that's a good need a bit of time hi matt and evan my favorite primate that i don't think has been mentioned on the show is the Debraza's monkey. Great one. Great suggestion. They have such a distinctive shape compared to most primates, and in some of the pictures I found, their bodies look more like those of cats or birds of prey. Plus, you can't beat those sick white beards. Wow, that sounds like quite a combo. I'm just going to pull up a picture just to refresh my memory. Because I I remember putting them up for the first Primate of the Year uh, award, and they did not get many... They did not get many uh, votes. 
Uh, Where is it? Dead browsers. Jeez, Google is not helping me here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're amazing. Dave, have you looked them up? I'm trying to. So, D-E space B-R-A-Z-Z-E-R. Holy moly. <laughs> Hang on, it said, did you mean desserts, monkey? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, wow, these are amazing. Love that. Nice so one. Good, good choice. Yeah, the colouring of the the brow and everything, amazing looking. Fantastic suggestion. Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, John Raines writes, Billy Gibbons, the guitarist of ZZ Top. Oh, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's their favourite primate. Very good. <laughs> Gibbons in the name. That's uh, is he a man parading as a monkey? A monkey parading as a man. Couldn't come up with a more natural name like person human man. <laughs> What's really going on here? John, that is a great question. Billy Gibbons is clearly a gibbon in a man suit. Hmm. <laughs> Billy Gibbons. That's and he can shred. What a guitarist. We're all thinking it. We're all thinking it. Yeah. And the oh, we've got a an episode of Do Go On that relates to ZZ Top coming up or ZZ Top as we say over here. Yeah. Uh, but um, he's not. The other two members of ZZ Top uh, are in it. So Dusty, Dusty Hill, and uh, what's the other one called? Gary Beard. No, what's his first name? Anyway, something Beard. Yeah, but... something Beard. John Beard. I don't know. So, so we've got a a series that launches in less than a week now. I think this Friday coming on Stupid Old Channel on YouTube. We're doing a nine-part web series for Do Go On. Yeah, that's right. Free to watch. And uh, we're starting with, uh, I think, a t- The Tale. Are we allowed to say this? This is this is breaking news. Well, this will be a, this is an exclusive. Exclusive. With uh, the story behind the Hollywood sign. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not as straightforward as one might think. Yeah, that doesn't. When you suggested that as a, a topic, I'm like, what could this actually be about? But it was really fascinating. Really fascinating. I loved it. And that episode was so fun to record. So, yeah. That um, might have even been the episode. We recorded it months and months ago. But that was the first time uh, I think you talked about Dick Barry and Shane. Yeah, that's right. Van Dyke. There's some good Dick Barry and Shane chat on that episode. <laughs> So uh, I highly recommend go um, subscribe to that webs uh, that YouTube channel if you haven't already. There's also a gamey ga- Evan shows on there, gamey gamey game, and uh, lots of other stuff. Sketches that I've done from the last ten years, I think, are on there. Maybe. Uh, thank you so much, John, for your Billy Gibbon suggestion. Timothy Bengal writes, "G'day, hope you're well. I really like the proboscis monkey, uh, w- which we call the dick nose monkey on this show. They always look mildly disappointed." Like they've just dropped their ice cream. The mild defeat of existence. Anyway, have a good one. <laughs> Shuckers. Shuckers emoji. Thanks, Timothy. Um, yeah, the, yeah. I guess, I mean, they do have a dick on their face. You, does that make you sort of defeated or like a winner? You know what I mean? I don't they're, know. Ama- another amazing... They look like another Jim Henson creation. They are fantastic. <laughs> I forget how great they look. And then the full body shot, just the sort of the grey, they, they start quite yellow 
fair at the top and then going to grey down low. They are amazing. Fantastic. What a great suggestion. Thanks for bringing them back to my attention, Timothy. Love the proboscis monkey. Uh, it's going to be weird uh, having a time where I'm not going to be looking at a different funny <laughs> monkey every week <laughs> based on listener no, suggestions. Put it in your calendar. You can do it. Or get random monkey generator of the app. Ah, uh, I should get that. If it doesn't exist, I should invent that. Yeah. And finally, Jenna Schaefer. I've had to do a few more because we're, we've got a bunch to get through over the last few weeks, Dave. Uh, so finally, Jenna Schaefer or Schaffer. My favorite primate is Captain Huggy Face, alias Bob. <laughs> Sorry, what? Superhero from the kids show Word Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, you're not allowed. Well, I mean, you are allowed to make things up, but you've definitely made this up. Captain Huggy Face from the show Word Girl. <laughs> wow. He's the put-upon sidekick with no powers, except for the officially listed power of being able to eat anything. My little brother loved this show, and the lovable yet sassy Captain Huggy Face helped it uh, help make it fun to watch for older kids too. Captain Huggy Face. I'm looking at him. Anything, He's got Dave? a sweet outfit. Yeah, great. So he is real. Great outfit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great outfit. Using the primary colors nicely there. Yeah, got great a helmet, helmet for protection, safety first. Lightning bolt yellow on the on the jumper, red pants, yellow belt. Blue top, fantastic work. All right, well done, Captain Huggy Face. You've won me over. Well done. And thanks, Jennifer, the heads up there. Um, so that brings us to the end of the episode, Dave. Thanks so much for joining us here on this morning, although now it is in the PM. <laughs> we did it. We made it to lunchtime, yes. We did it. I'm going to have a nap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Where can people find you? They can obviously find you on BookCheat, which we've mentioned. Uh, there'll be links to that in the show notes. Also, your pie-focused Instagram account. Yeah, that's right. I don't post that much, maybe only once or twice a month. But if you want to see a photo of me eating a pie in a different location, you can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> and your tweet, Twitter is very amusing as well. Ah, oh, thank you so kindly. So people should follow you on there. But I'll put links in the show notes. Find us at Primates Pod if you want to. Um, yeah, only a couple more episodes now before we go on a break. Uh, follow me for other things at Matt Stewart Comedy on Instagram and Facebook and Matt Stewart underscore art on Twitter. Uh, this episode possibly will be up on YouTube if you want to watch me and Dave. <laughs> uh, you know, being very animated in this episode. Um, you can do that at youtube.com slash Matt Stewart. You can also find other interviews that I've done on there on this little series that's been called Matt Chat or Getting Chatty with Matty. Dave was on the first episode. Evan's been on there as well. Oh, and you you grilled me. You grilled me. I cried. Yeah, it was an emotional Off air, afterwards. <laughs> afterwards I cried, but... But then, yeah, we made up, so... Yeah, I was God. just trying to, you know, get it out of you. Who are you yeah, really, you Dave? <laughs> Who do you work Who for? Who do you work for? Uh, so yeah, uh, check all those links out in the show notes. Um, I'm doing cameos still. I did a couple this week. They they're sort of coming in cool. every now and then where I get to, basically there's a website where you can pay 20 bucks and I'll say whatever you want on a video message. <laughs> they're often birthday messages for loved ones, but I've also, uh, had one where I told, apologize to a mum for a dog coughing up a condom. Um, and there's been... <laughs> 
I mean, I'll be up for anything, really. Uh, That's brilliant. That really is. So, and then the mum got me to reply uh, by asking him to move out. <laughs> asking the son to move out, which is funny. Do you know what the latest is on that? Have I haven't moved? heard anything. They haven't got back to me about it, unfortunately. But I'd love to I'd love to get an update if you are listening. Um, Hope the dogs are right as yeah. well. well. Who gets the dog in that split? Um, so, yeah, I really, I'll say whatever you like. Um, I normally try and make it a bit of fun. A few facts in there, throwing in a couple of facts. Uh, I'll break up with your boyfriend you a- or girlfriend if you need to, if you don't have the guts, <laughs> or propose to them. I'd enjoy that even more. Although, ideally, you'd probably do those sort of things yourself. But um, just saying here if you need. So, uh, until next week, thanks so much for uh, listening. Thanks so much for being involved, Dave. And as we always say here at Primates Podcast, trust no one. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.